We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We can we can just name that episode uh, Matt's career-ending move or something. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. That'd be but good. kick it off. Because it's been on my mind the entire time. Because Ethan was talking about UPFs. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> and no, it, it's not what you think. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this right now. I'm gonna open the bag. Oh man, the ASMR people are uh, they're they're going crazy right now. But the crinkle of the bag too. Oh, okay. They're good for you, kind of. Not kind really. of, because there's some some semblance of sweet potato in there. I mean, they're still probably super parched or super processed. Yeah, they're grain free and non-GMO and kosher and gluten free and vegan. All the buzzwords. Yeah, countless pounds of sweet potatoes go to waste every year for being imperfect. So they upcycle them into. I mean that's smart to use to use uh uh to use like whatever sweet potatoes. That's a good thing. Are they good? They're good, but not as good as hot rice. I should have got some handicaps to have like side by side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you still have like like, you know like they're like the veggie straws. Like they still have the little um. Oh yeah. Uh So I'm like I'm being robbed of. Delicious, delicious sweet fry. <laughs> yeah. I never they're thought of it like that. That fry. they're uh, they're actually screwing us by doing that by leaving the hole in those things. Wait, does or... does the does the hot fries have the hole too? Oh no, but the veggie straws. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's well, pretty funny. Okay, I'll have two more and I'll show them down. Go to town. Yeah, have as much as you want. Although you know, so uh, uh, Colin doesn't have much of a voice uh, to today, so. Um, me and Matt are supposed to carry things. So if Matt ends up just stuffing his face with sweet potato fries the whole time, that puts a lot of pressure on me. So, um, I mean, you know. I mean, maybe maybe that's what the people want to see. Like, <laughs> tell, tune in tune into YouTube to see how fast Matt can eat this bag of sweet potato fries. If you could, right, if you can beat my, uh, what what did we call it? The F- um, FPM? FPM, yeah, fried yeah. it. Yeah, the FPM. <laughs> yep, yep. That's <laughs> Uh, well, um, I had a couple of things that I was curious to talk about, oh, oh, but, whoa, um, whoa, you, oh, whoa. oh, are you talking? I wasn't sure you were in a talk. You're, you're a terrible host. What? Aren't you going to talk about what you're drinking? Oh, I'm drinking water. What? Because I'm taking, on, I'm taking a little break. I'm taking a little break, um, from all, uh, inebriating substances. I'm trying to take like a week or two off just to, just to see. How I feel. Ethan, um, you moved to Colorado. I know. I know. Come on. I know. Like, isn't that state like like two minutes away from making magic mushrooms legal, or didn't they do that already? Uh, I believe they already did. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, which is very exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like not sold in stores or anything, but yeah, I believe no. that they're fully legal. I think. Yeah. Um. So were they the first? No, uh, uh, Oregon. I think Oregon. Yeah, I was gonna say Oregon or Washington. Yeah. yeah. Oregon decriminalized a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, I've been like groggy a lot lately and shit. And and I tend to have like my beers or whatever, my strong beers, like late at night and everything. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see how I, uh, 
see how I feel if I take a little pause. And plus next week with Thanksgiving and stuff, I'll probably end up drinking a lot. So I was like, let me let me pause a little bit. I think you're groggy because you're not having your pre-bed toke. Uh, I mean, I wondered about that, but I thought that the toke <laughs> was doing more harm, that it was making me more groggy, you know? So um, don't, don't count out the medicinal effects of late night adult cartoons. Man. I mean, I, I will, uh, I would vouch for that as much as anybody usually. Yeah. Which that reminds me, I need to watch more Rick and Morty. I've only watched the first episode. Uh, yeah, I haven't even done the sixth season yet. I did the the one episode with you, and then the oh, the shit. first episode, and that's it. I got to do season six still. Also, uh, well, are you are you keeping up on anything? You do what? You know, this is now the Ethan and Matt cartoon catch up hour. Yeah. Um, the Solar Opposites. Yeah, caught up on that. Yep, I okay. watched. I watched that season. Um, Big Mouth just Big came Mouth? out with its seventh season. Okay, oh, yeah. I haven't done Big Mouth yet, but I mean, Big Mouth is like my favorite show of all time, pretty much. At this, well, the Holy Trinity for me at this point is Parks and Rec, Thirty Rock, and Big Mouth. I would say, but still, yeah. no, no inebriating substances. That, that's uh, yeah, that's Ethan. Ethan, you're uh, going through changes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. That's right. Uh huh. And it's weird because, you know, I was joking that that like with my partner that with Big Mouth especially or any of these shows, what would be really fun is like when they would first come out with new seasons is I would watch the entire new season stoned. Right. And then so after I would finish it, I wouldn't necessarily remember it that well. So I could watch it again, like immediately. And so I get like double the enjoyment right away. You know what I mean? And and so I'm not not quite getting getting that this time, but but it's OK. Well, I guess since I'm the only one drinking a, a beverage tonight of of alcoholic proportions, what do you got? Uh, it's growing up absurd by Root and Branch Brewing on Long Island. Oh, you've sent uh, you've sent me some Root and Branch. I don't know. I can't remember if you sent Kyle some too. Uh, so I'm not it, sure. It, it, was the, it was the Anthony Bourdain beer they did. Bone in the throat. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um. So this is a double IPA. It's nice and nice and cloudy and hazy and delicious. Nice. They do a good job. Speaking of that, um, you guys better be drinking soon. Don't actually. That's not a threat or anything. But <laughs> you guys are getting some beer soon. So. Oh. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Well, number one. Um. It's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Number two. You said last year, Ethan, you loved New Zealand Hop Week. Oh, yeah, that's right. I loved those beers. I gotcha. Okay, sweet. Uh, yeah, I forgot three, about that. Yeah. I need I need to send, and I'm, I'm going to be vague here in case, it, it, you know, you don't want it public, but I need to send a congratulatory gift for your partner for the big life event that just happened. So, um, so you know, that's going to that's gonna head out your way as well. You mean so for I, me for me or for Colin? Because both of our partners have had some. For, well, for you, but... You're I mean, talking to me. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds amazing. That's that's super exciting. And, and you know, I'm not, like, quitting drinking for a long-term period or whatever, right? It's, it's, this is a just a short-term thing and just, just kind of seeing. That's all. So Christine, I, once that box comes, could, Christine, I will go don't worry. Something's coming your way, too. <laughs> well, you know what you could do is just not drink so late. Well, yeah, I mean, I could try that, too. That's a possibility. <laughs> I don't know if that'll make that much of a difference. I mean, they say, right, they say that, like, alcohol really disrupts your sleep and stuff. And so if you're going to drink, it's better to drink earlier in the day, right? So so that probably is, is a good idea. Okay, and, so you tomorrow know, maybe I'll try you, that. I prescribe you to have a beer with breakfast. Yeah, right, exactly, like 10 a.m., <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. That's when you eat breakfast, 10 a.m.? Oh, I don't even eat breakfast. I never have an appetite. I pretty much don't eat until like two o'clock, if that. Well, there, there you go. My That's appetite's all riding. fucked up. Maybe, but I like have no appetite for hours when I wake up. It's, it's, Dude, it's not good. Daddy is gonna blow up your phone tomorrow oh. when she hears this. <laughs> I know you're supposed to eat and drink water and all of this. Whatever. I don't have an appetite in the morning. I, I just, I like nothing sounds good. I don't want to eat. You know. Maybe I should start doing yeah. those. Um, you know what I can do is I can drink. Maybe I should do those Soylent. You guys know about the uh, Soylent uh, uh, shakes? Yeah, I've got some in my fridge. Yeah, the nutrition shakes. They're they're pretty impressive, and uh, yeah. and don't taste bad either. Yeah, um, we got samples actually when I was in college because uh, the guy who found it was a Sigma Nu from somewhere out west. So, oh, nice. Um, but that was back then. It was just like the just the powder, pasty powder. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but I've got like a handful of chocolate ones in my fridge. They're not bad. They're good yeah. to pinch, but uh, just beware. Sometimes they can give you a little tummy issues. So yeah, yeah. I think I generally have have done okay with them. But yeah, yeah. But I like it's... I like their slogan. Right, it's not meant to replace every meal, but it can replace any meal. So yeah, I mean it's it's I, to yeah. Sorry, I usually kept like three or four in my office at work. Just if it was like a bad day and I couldn't get up for lunch, just have that, and it makes me feel full for another four or five hours. So yeah, like four hundred calories gets gets you a good a good dose of everything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of you know with these things, right? I kind of just marvel. It's it's like they're like scientific miracles, right? I mean, it's this this bottle of uh, you know liquid that tastes okay. 400 calories. They like pack in like all of the necessary vitamins and minerals and shit. They pack in some protein, like. It's it's pretty amazing that that stuff even exists, you know. So, anywho, Kyle, so Kyle, you're not having anything tonight because uh, uh, of the the throat or whatever's going on. Yeah, I'm, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a uh, lemon lemon honey and uh, water. Um, and this you should have a hot voice, toddy. This, yeah, yeah. And my this yeah, is the whiskey. best my voice has sounded since uh, Tuesday. Wow, uh, okay. as bad as it still sounds. So. Um, it's just, if I, if I go long, like that's probably when it's going to start breaking up even more. Like I start to get a tickle in my mm. throat, start to have coughing fits, you know, and everything. So, mm. um, but I'll, I'll definitely do my best to, uh, engage with whatever topics y'all want to talk about. Okay. Sweet. You could poke the bear too. I know Matt wants to, <laughs> you know, actually, actually I, I really haven't even given thought to, to poking the Nittany Lion this week. So <laughs> after they lost to Michigan again, uh, we beat Michigan in 2020, so it hasn't been that long. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. All right, it's not bad. It just it's, yeah. it seemed to me it seems like they like never win against Michigan or Ohio State. Like that meme that Matt or the gift the gift that Matt sent us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean they. It, it it's been a while since yeah. I mean they that was the last time they beat either one of them was 2020 yeah so it's been three seasons now and right yeah frustrating um, yeah but they did make a big move they they fired the offensive coordinator yeah which uh, I had I was telling Toddy I had just finished writing my column about like 20 minutes before and I was I was editing it and uh, in it I had speculated I had just you know thought like he's he's probably going to get the rest of the season but i wouldn't be surprised if they go for a new oc um before the bowl game and then the news broke and i was like yeah. well i'm not I'm not rewriting it i'll just put a little asterisk and, and say i'll uh, i'll add on to this later but um yeah it just unfortunately wasn't wasn't a good fit um but uh you know it gives franklin an opportunity to make it right and He's taken a lot of accountability this week, I think, you know, overall to uh, silence some of the critics, but also just to provide some clarity into how the program is being run uh, right now, which is a, a little refreshing, but um, it doesn't change the fact that they have two losses to Ohio State and Michigan and, uh, you know, are trying to play for a New Year's Six Bowl, which is great, but it's not the playoffs and it's not... It's not where anyone thought they were going to go this year. Um, in, the, in the real uh, tricky is not the right word, but the the offensive coordinator is the one who offered and brought in the number one quarterback recruit in the country. You know, last year, uh-huh. um, and you know he may still, <clears throat> excuse me, Drew may still plan out um, or pan out to be a good quarterback, but he is definitely in some ways regressed, it feels like, uh, especially you know, lately, um, and just maybe been a little too up and down overall for the, the talent level that he's supposed to have as a five-star. So, um, yeah, that was, that was definitely interesting. Franklin talked about how it was Drew and, and Bo and, uh, the other quarterback that he told first, and then he told the team, uh, and then he was, he was going to call the parents, but during practice, it leaked out on Sunday. So, um, yeah, they, he, he did call the parents, but, um, yeah, and everything. So just interesting, you know, overall, but, um, I'll, I'll definitely, <laughs> I'll definitely be happy. I don't know. It's, it, it, it sucks because, and we were talking about this last time, like you just, you don't get a chance now to beat them in, in this format 
you know, with the, the four team playoff and with you know, the, those three teams all in the same division, they, they can, they're still in a good spot and I still envision good things for them in the future. And, and I think they'll make the playoffs a little bit, um, you know, not, not more regularly cause they haven't made it yet, but I think they will make the playoffs in, in this new format. But yeah, I think everyone will kind of look back at this year and be like, you know, what if, what if we had just won one of those games, you know, and, um, what that, what that could have done for the program, but can't look back now. You just got to move forward. Yeah. I think, I think the day is still going to come, right? You know, it's tough. I, I hate to say it, but it's almost like you're, you become the Yankees of the big 10, right? Like, You've got the history, like, like you're you're almost there all the time, but you can't get over the hump. Like, I don't know, maybe that's a bad, bad analogy. I don't know. That might be the first time anyone's compared Penn State to the Yankees. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, at least in the last twenty years, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's the thing. I wrote my my latest column. I'm like, you know, people are all up Franklin's butt, and in some ways, rightfully so, but the success he's having in spite of the challenges, both from administrative sanctions, you know, everything that you can, NIL, everything that you can think of is unmatched in program history. Yeah. And like, they haven't been like what I think some of the old time Penn state people hold on to since 1994. That was the last time they had an undefeated season. They've gotten close, um, particularly in 2005, but um, it's it, it hasn't happened this century. Like it, there's six and six and thirty one overall against Ohio State and Michigan, and yeah. that's not all Franklin. That's Paterno. That's Bill O'Brien. Like it's in in the in the twenty first century. I don't I don't know. I was if wondering. I, said that, I was wondering what the record sucks, was. Right? You've got one hundred and twenty other FBS teams that would love to be in the spot that Penn State's in. It's right, just right, right. You, and, that, and that's where it's tough. You yeah, guys like the, it, you're like, like a minus, right? Like you, you, there's just there's there's 10 teams that you have a struggle with mm-hmm. and then you're better than everyone else. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I, I'm just saying 10 meaning like just, just, you know, Ohio state, Michigan, Georgia, Alabama, right. There's going to be that certain right. super league of teams that Penn state is a member of, but can't quite get over the hump. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'd rather them be where they are than Syracuse. Yeah. Texas is having a good year and, Maybe they'll make a run, but Texas has had a long time before, you know, or since they've been, you know, Texas. Same with Miami, same with Nebraska, like all these former blue bloods that haven't been able to figure out in the modern game. I'd I'd rather be in this position, but I also understand like wanting to take that next step, of course. Like, and there's frustrations there and, and everything, but this this to me is like a classic situation where the grass isn't necessarily greener. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with another coach or, you know, anything like that. I think it's just some of it is, is just lingering circumstances from the sanctions and from, um, you know, from the board being a a public school and not getting on board with NIL, you know, as quickly as we needed to. And, uh, you know, if we can, if we could stay, and I had said this, Matt, to you, I think even before the loss, like if we can stay where we are, now like not stay stagnant but stay like keep matching in terms of nil keep matching in terms of depth keep matching in these things that really compound over time then you'll start to see some of that turn into to wins on saturdays but if they only make the big move for this year to get the nil and then they don't upgrade until you know five years from now Ohio State and Texas A&M and, you know, Alabama and Georgia, all those programs keep throwing tons of money. It's not going to matter. Like they're never going to make that step. So my my hope is that there's still some integrity there and you don't turn into a Texas A&M. I mean, that that to me is just mind boggling. So Ethan. Um, yeah, I was going to say, Ethan, just, do you even they know? Just, they just fired Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> I knew about the Jimbo him. Fisher getting fired, and he had, he's getting like a shit ton of money. I mean, yeah, that's because a, a powerful group of donors kind of pushed it. And yeah, the boosters are going to be pumping a bunch of money in there, but that's still technically 70, $76 million of state funds. $76 million. State funds. State funds? State funds. Holy yep. fuck. 
Yeah, right. And the, it doesn't it doesn't stop him from making like you know how like if you you know like when Hicks got cut, he could only make the the league minimum yeah. with the Orioles. Yeah. Like if he can, Fisher got he can go hired, sign another contract somewhere else and make money. Yeah. Make okay, wow, yeah. yeah. And still get all that money. Holy shit! So shame on them for giving that contract to begin with. But like it, that to me is just it's just priorities. I mean, college football in general is is fucked up. But the priorities there are just that that hurts. <laughs> and if, if yeah. right, I wish I wish there were more folks in Texas who were upset about it. No, there, there's got to be plenty. But I mean, didn't you ever see Friday Night Lights? You know. <laughs> football is no football and God. That's the only in guns. That's the only things that matter in Texas. It doesn't matter. High school, football. clear yeah, eyes, school, yeah. true hearts, can't lose. Whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, well, that's for the TV show. I think I'm. I'm thinking of the movie. True, clear, clear windows, true blood, can't fail. Uh, I don't yeah, it's that. really good. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. There's an episode title for you. Yeah. Clear windows. That's what Miles Miles Sanders. Uh, his social media tag is. Uh, uh, booby miles, uh, some, some numbers or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. Every time I, I see it. Uh-huh. Eight zero zero one three. I I don't know what it is, but. Oh, if you type it into a calculator eight or whatever. Zero zero eight one yeah. Three. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a, that's a visual joke on that, a podcast. That's a visual yes. 90s joke. Yeah. So, so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> It took me back to my high school days. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I gotta say, because uh, it's already gone. That 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 was really good. Like that was that was tasty. Is that an IPA? Double IPA. Yeah. Switching gears. It I looked. Got, I got like a, the the color looked really really good. I got another one. I got a it's a West Coast IPA. Ah. Drinking one for me. I love okay. it. I don't have one for Ethan. I'm sorry. It's just one. That's for you. that's okay. Yeah. Because uh, I am coming off of my own two-month hiatus. Uh, yeah, you are. And I'll tell you guys, last time, after I had those two uh, Hot Butcher for the World beers, I I was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Just two, I, two IPAs in, and man, like the next day, I was like, wow. Yeah. And I, like, if this was college, man, I would have felt like I drank half a case last night, but I just drank two beers. <laughs> Not that I did that a lot in college, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so, they were probably like high ABV, right? Oh yeah, but still having having a lower tolerance is not a bad thing. I am yeah. still keeping an eye on my weekly consumption of beers to keep my doctor happy. So that's good. Um, all right. Well, well, we're, we're we've been rambling a lot, Ethan. Do you want to launch your topics? Can I launch into mine really quick? Or at least I've got one. I want to say, Just yeah. A shout out to the Syracuse football team with a box score looking more like that of the Army. Uh, an army football like we we threw we had eight pass attempts last week yeah. against Pitt, and we had we had sixty six rushing attempts for nearly four hundred yards. Oh my god! Basically, our our starting quarterback can't throw the ball anymore, so they did a bunch of weird shit with a tight end at the Wildcat. They won. And Syracuse won. Holy shit! Yeah, did yeah. win by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, by like twenty eight to thirteen over Pitt. Oh, Pitt's really bad yeah. now. Okay, yeah, and Pitt but, was but good I mean, when we like, were kids. They hardly threw the ball. There was even the only reason I even knew this was happening is because uh, ESPN.com ran a highlight as a distraction on one of the plays. Um, they had the starting quarterback split out at wide receiver, and they did like a trick play, and to to be a distraction, the quarterback did a backflip <laughs> on oh, the field. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So, Schaefer, right? Schaefer, yeah. Holy shit, that's hilarious. So yeah, uh, they 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 have to win one of their final two games against. Georgia Tech or Wake Forest to make a bowl, so we'll see if that happens. But, um, yeah, so Pitt, Pitt in the ACC last year, Ethan. So oh. they're they're taking a nose down. Oh, yeah, wow. with, with with Kenny Pickett, Kenny ball game. Kenny, <laughs> I'm going to fake a slide picket. Holy shit! Yeah. Okay. It wasn't illegal when it, when he did it. So yeah, yeah. The their court. Uh, I don't know if he starts, but uh, Christian Bayer, uh, who was um, Penn State. QB three last year transferred to Pitt. He's from Canada. Um, I know he's gotten some playing time, but I, I don't know how the QB situation. I, I the ACC is terrible to watch anyway. Yeah. So I I barely you ever watch the ACC. Florida State and then everyone else. And and it used to it used to be Clemson and 
but like last year it was nobody. <laughs> like yeah. nobody was good. That's why Pitt won the, the ACC with I think they were like nine and three or something like that in the in the division that or actually I don't know if they have divisions anymore. Oh wow, Miguel Andujar is uh in this um uh Lindom game I'm watching right now. He's up up to bat. Wow. Forgot he even played still. Yeah, Jesus. Was he with the Pirates? Yeah, he was the Pirates. That was this year he yeah. was? Okay. So, Sorry. Ethan, Ethan what do you got? What do you got? So, okay. You got to so, give Colin a rest. Yep, yep. Yeah, we got to give Plus, Colin I don't want to hear about Penn State anymore. So, <laughs> Man, I'm looking at Miggy and Duhar's baseball reference page, and it's just so insane. Like, how do you... What happened... What did he? How did he get hurt in uh, after the rookie year? That I don't remember, Matt. Do you remember? No, nope. because he missed the whole season, right? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, basically, he played twelve games. Wrist was what was coming to my mind, but like, and maybe the wrist injury is just bad enough that he's never fully recovered. But like, he played one hundred and forty nine games that rookie year. He had forty seven doubles, twenty seven homers, and eight fifty five OPS, which was good enough for a one thirty OPS plus. We know his defense was horrible. But, like, that's a fantastic offensive year, okay? And that's as a 23-year-old rookie, right? Like, that's fantastic hitting. He hasn't played more than 45 games in a season since. 45. And that was 2018, right? That rookie year. And and so maybe the injury was just that bad or something. But I just, like, God, I just don't understand how you can hit that well as a rookie and fall off that drastically, unless it is just injury-based. But, holy shit, poor guy. That's a good segue to my topic. This wasn't even my topic. It just came up. Well, but. well I'm, I'm, use, I'm taking it. Yeah, yeah, segue. take it. Use, do the segue. Because my segue is the 2019 Yankees, but specifically oh, in reference to what what transpired this past week with Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman was my topic. So yeah. So <laughs> I I don't. So to to fill in everyone who's not a Yankees fan, and I'm sorry, this is going to be Yankee Yankees heavy episode. Yep. There was like 70 minutes of unhinged press availability at the owners or the 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 big the, the big meetings the, win- the winter the winter meetings, meetings right meetings. yeah and I mean there's there's so many things that Cashman said that are just were red flags but the one I want to the the two things I want to stress the, the number one for some reason I don't know if it's like trying to be cool or something, but downplaying analytics, like he, he thought it was okay to brag that the Yankees have the smallest analytics department in the AL East. Like, yeah. Never mind the fact that like back in the early two thousands, when it wasn't like a cool thing and Moneyball was big, like Peter Gammons multiple times reported that the Yankees had the biggest analytics department. Like, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why he felt like he needed to say that they have a small analytics department that, that, that just, and, no. and this, day and age kind of shows you to be incompetent in yep. my opinion. Absolutely. But the next biggest thing is his public kind of bashing of John Carlos Stanton. Yep. Um, every, I mean, I don't disagree with what he said, right? John Carlos can't, can't stay healthy, but that's the last thing you want to say in public, right? You don't want to basically to everyone who hasn't heard it. Cashman came out and said that getting hurt was part of John Carlos game and they don't expect him to stay healthy all of next year. Which you owe the guy a hundred million dollars over the next four seasons, and whether you're happy with him or not, he is working very hard to try and be on the field every day. He has major problems. He is a disappointment. He's not living up to his contract. You should have known that when you when you traded for him. But I don't see what that's going to accomplish. I don't see what going out there and and bashing your you know one of your biggest contract players it's going to do like um and and the collateral damage is going to be massive here um you know he's represented by the same agent who's representing Yoshinobu Yamamoto one of the the biggest free agent targets out there and you could see his i mean his agent came out and said the next day like he's warning all international and yeah, domestic foreign free and agents. domestic free agents yeah yeah like like very very specifically worded yeah like it's a very good reminder like he might have just fucked up and cost yourself this free agent. So, uh, but anyway, what I was getting at with the 2019 Yankees back to circle around is I don't know why you're shunning analytics and I don't know why 
you're getting out there and being aggressive like this. It, it, it's kind of drastic to see in just four years since that 2019 team how bad we've become at this. If you look at that 2019 team, and what I really wanted to bring up is this this, this stat caught me this past week is, is astronomical. That that 2019 team, which was a hodgepodge of people, there was a lot of injuries, you know, someone like um, Andujar getting hurt in the year kind of threw things for a loop. But that 2019 team had 13 players with an OPS plus above 100. We had 13 players above average. That's an MLB record. There has never been a team like that. So four years ago, I mean, and, and these aren't just like studs, right? This is on this list is Mike Talkman, Cameron Mabin, Mike Ford, Luke Voigt, Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks. Yes, Aaron Hicks. Um, he was 103, but still he was above 100. So, yeah. right, you know, you, you're that that's something to be proud of. That that season specifically, I remember we kind of all sung the praises of Cashman as a, a genius, and you know he he did a great job that year of really putting together a, a brilliant roster and with with lots of lots of injured players, castoffs and stuff. Yep. Um, that's got to be the product of analytics, right? Why would you Why would you trade for Mike Talkman the day before the season? You know, because your analytics tell you that, and and he was great for that year, and then we dumped him when we didn't need him anymore. Um, yeah. Same with Mike Ford. You know, or Mike Gio, Ford Gio Urshela. How about yeah. Gio Urshela too? Oh man, I still wish we had Gio. Gio still outplayed Donaldson, but whatever. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. um, I guess that's the price of getting someone like IKF. Uh, <laughs> um. So I, I just I, I don't get it. I don't get where what has transpired from 2019 to 2023 to to warp Cashman's mind <laughs> and like I don't know like. Ethan, Ethan, help me, help me out here. Take over. Yeah, here, I'm I have just, lots I'm, of thoughts. I'm I have, words. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts, and it's too bad Colin doesn't have a voice because I'm sure he does too. But Colin, maybe you can, maybe you can give us all your thoughts next next week, or or give us a short summary today. But um, yeah, I got it. yeah, but no, I got lots of thoughts, and and uh, it, it's funny, Matt, because yeah, that was literally my my main the main thing I wanted to talk about today, and I'm also curious to talk about Craig Council and managers, but but we can maybe save that for next time. Um, but in terms of cash. So you guys obviously know that I have been like Cash's biggest defender as far as Yankee fans go, right? Yankee fans, as we have discussed uh, uh, ad nauseum, are a fickle bunch, to uh, to put it kindly, um, and a bunch of spoiled dipshits, if we want to be a little bit more blunt about it. And uh, most of them are constantly calling for Cashman's head, uh, uh, despite the fact we are in the middle of an unprecedented run of of success and winning, even if it doesn't include the World Series. But we're, we haven't had a losing season since 1992 or three, Colin, I think. Two, since 1992. So uh, uh, I have obviously been uh, uh, one of Cashman's staunchest defenders. And, and I've said on this podcast, right, trust in cash, trust in cash. It took one week or two weeks, and I have, like, made a 180. I have to say I'm, like, pretty disgusted. I'm pretty disgusted. I'm not like calling for his head necessarily, but I'm I'm not about to be defending him and and saying trust in cash anymore. And and so it's those the two big prongs that Matt was just talking about, right? And I do have a theory. I do have a theory as to what as to explaining this fucking uh, uh, um, what do we want to call it? This 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 uh, not outbreak, but but this absurdity. Just, I don't know. <laughs> just just him like all of a sudden uh, lashing out. This lashing out. So the first thing with the analytics. God, I was pissed when I saw that. I mean, who in 2023 is going to take pride and talk about having a small analytics department? That just is like so dumb. So, so, so dumb. Um, but I think what's happening, my theory, is that how long has he been, how long has he been official GM, Kyle? Has it been 25 years now that he's been, that he's been at the top? February of 98. Yeah. So 25 His years. first move was the Knobloch trade. Okay. So 25 years of this, which frankly, 25 years of being the Yankees GM sounds brutal. I'm, I'm surprised that he doesn't look like he's 90 years old, right? Like it's, it's kind of a miracle that he actually kind of looks his age. I'm wondering if he, if his nerves are just shot at this point, if he, if everything is just so frayed that all of these spoiled dipshits I mentioned, all of these shitty ass Yankee fans yelling all the time with their stupid things on Twitter all the time. 
if if he's finally just like giving into that a little bit and he just can't help himself and he's like wanting to sh- to have them shut the fuck up and be like like listen you're all wrong i know that you're all complaining about this but you're all wrong and the funny thing about this right is so he's like he's lashing out and he's trying to defend himself and defend the yankees and i think he's trying to appease all of these asshole fans who are like analytics suck blah 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 analytics are ruining the team here he is bragging we have the smallest analytics department we just had a fucking disaster of a season and we were two games above above 500 so if we do if you are telling the truth and we do have the smallest analytics department then you're being a fucking moron like like it's it's so dumb you're you're trying to appease all of these stupid fucking like Tony's in the Bronx being like, Brian Cashman's fucking stupid and he needs to get fired. And you're trying to like appease these people. We just went 82 and 80. Our roster is fucking horrendous. And you're going to sit here and brag about having the smallest analytics department in 2023. Yeah. You're bragging, like you're bragging about what's making you bad. Yeah. I just, I like, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was shocked. Right. Okay. So that's, so that's one bit is this, is this bragging about the lack of analytics tied to this that I want to talk about. Uh, I want, I'm going to get to the G thing also, because that's, that's a whole thing uh, too, right? You, I'm sure you guys saw, I don't think we talked about it yet. Aaron Judge, the, the, the uh, new captain of the Yankees, well, new as of this, this past season, um, has a lot more say, it seems, in the organization. And he has, you know, chin wags with Hal Steinbrenner from, from, from reports and, uh, um, and from, and, and with Cashman. And, and there are reports that have been coming down that he believes the Yankees have been paying attention to the wrong numbers. And that the numbers we do need to be paying attention to are batting average, favorite. batting average and RBIs, my favorite. Now, obviously, <laughs> Matt and I have had the batting average argument many times on the podcast. And, and <laughs> I think it's I think it's largely for entertainment value, right? It's kind of just amusing. Yeah. But there is a philosophical, a little bit of a philosophical difference there. And, and, that, and that's okay, right? That's fine. However, like, when you combine that... With what we're looking at, where and granted, I understand you look at this Yankees team and you see these horrible, horrible, awful, awful batting averages, and you see uh, uh, lack lack of RBIs and all of this, and you think, okay, yeah, Aaron Judge is right, you know that would be great, but it's still just it's still just so stuck in the past, and it's so um, I don't want to say blind. That's a little bit too harsh, but like as Matt and I have talked about, batting average is encompassed in other stats that can give us more information. And like, as an example, let's now this is an extreme example, but here's an example. There's somebody this year, and you guys will probably know right away. There's somebody this year who had an 817 OPS, a 122 OPS plus, 22% above league average, right? He had a 474 slugging, which is, you know, solid. He hit 47 home runs. Okay. But he only batted 197. He did drive in a hundred. He did drive in a hundred and four runs. So if you like RBIs, you see a hundred RBIs and you see forty-seven homers, and you like it. But if you're from the leadoff spot, too. from the leadoff spot. But if you look at batting average too much, you see that one ninety-seven, and you think, bruh, 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 bruh. he had a one twenty-two OPS plus, right? He was a good hitter. He walks a lot. He walked one hundred and twenty-six times. He gets on base. He scored one hundred and eight runs, right? Like the Yankees would have been desperate for somebody like that this year, and this is Kyle Schwarber, of course, as you guys know. Ethan, somewhere in Philadelphia, someone, some Phillies fan has a boner. They don't know why. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, cousin Greg will enjoy this, I'm sure. But like, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of disappointed in Judge for for coming out and saying that. And I don't expect the players to necessarily know, but it's like, really, how how are we not past this? I mean, I get that you can look at this team and you see all the horrible batting averages and you think. Yeah, putting the ball in play more often is going to help, and I and I don't disagree with that. But just saying that it's about batting average and RBIs, I think, is just really short sighted. Um, and this is the type of shit Bill James has been writing about since like the 1980s, and 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 it's kind of like disappointing to still be hearing people talk about this. Now, the G issue is the other the other big thing here. So the analytics comment that Cashman made was already like really shitty. But it's like somewhat understandable. He clearly was like fired up and he was pissed and he like swore and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, a GM is going to show some emotion sometimes and, you know, whatever. The G thing, I got to say, I'm like pretty shocked by. And and I think it's like it shows a, a, a disturbing lack of professionalism and class and and um, 
it's it's like what Matt said. Everything Cashman said is true, but we don't want the GM to be saying that in public. We don't we don't yeah. want that being out there. It's not I, a good look. What is your end game? Are you trying to piss him off so he waves his no trade clause? That's the only. Are you trying to get yourself fired? Like, yeah. What is what is what is the purpose of that? What does that accomplish? Yeah. That's, um, yeah. You can be upset with him, and you 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 can still convey that notion in a public press conference without bashing him. You can say, "Hey, we hope he redoubles his efforts to fitness and health because when he's in the lineup, he's one of the best hitters in the league." Blah 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 blah. Something yeah. like that. So right? easy know? to say it better. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I'm 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 more upset in the fact that he may that the the repercussions it may have with other people. That is no, he fucked place. our chances with Yamamoto, as far as I am yeah. concerned. Unless we throw Yamamoto like you know, 30 million more than any other team, which seems unlikely because the Mets are going to go after him. Steve Cohen's <laughs> not going to get outbid, I don't think. Um, but yeah, it's just what, yeah, what, what is he, what is he hoping the result of this is going to be? The only thing that I can imagine is that he wants G to get pissed and wave his no trade clause and, and Cashman thinks he can find somebody to take Stanton. Um, but even so, it's just not a good look, not a good look at all. And like, like, like a, a G's agent with that statement, I mean, it, like why we talked a little bit about this last off season. People are still going to want to come and play for the Yankees. Judge and Rizzo can still recruit people. And, and, you know, I don't think it's going to ruin everything, but I definitely think it puts a dent in things. And I think that it's going to make free agents think twice. Now, I think they're going to say, man, if I, if I struggle, you know, Cashman's going to come out and say this fucking passive aggressive bullshit uh, yeah. uh, about me. And that's kind of lame. Why do I, like, I want to play for him? I don't want to deal with that. And plus the Yankees are already kind of like still having, you know, these old fashioned uptight rules with the, you know, with the people are still not allowed to have the facial hair and everything. Right. I mean, or if they, if they have, uh, um, ended that rule, nobody's actually doing it yet. It's just, it's so silly, but, um, yeah, just a stash still dumb. Yeah. It's really dumb. I mean, I look at like the, the Phillies and they talked about this on the, on the podcast, Kyle. So I know you've heard about this, but like, and it's not just the Phillies, right. You look at like any baseball player or any of these baseball teams for the most part, a lot of these guys have fucking beards. They like to have facial hair. Like, I don't know, just let them, let them just be who they want to be and look how they want to look and shit. I just, this, this whole idea of like, ah, oh, we're the New York Yankees and we shave and we have clean shaven. I just, I think it's like really silly in 2023, but that's kind of aside the point here. The the G thing, as far as I'm concerned, is like a fiasco. Um, Just really, really, really disappointed in Cashman. And, and like I said, yeah, I think the biggest thing is we, we screwed ourselves on Yamamoto and possibly some other people. Um, I think after 25 years, uh, Matt, Matt, I think you might have you might have been off the call when I was saying this. Um, I think the 25 years is weighing on cash, and I think maybe this is a sign that uh, maybe he's ready to move on. Um, what was one other interesting thing I was going to say to you guys? I don't know if you saw this. I saw this just this morning. David Sampson who was the president or vice president or something of the Marlins uh, from 2002 to 2017. He was on the Dan Lebitard show, the uh, famous Dan Lebitard, famous sports writer down in Florida has a podcast. That's very popular. David Sampson was on that show. And he said that he thinks Cashman is, is done basically because of these comments, unless they basically like win the world series this year. He's like, if the Yankees underperform again, I think, I think Cashman's a goner after saying these things. Like, I don't think that that's, acceptable for a GM to say. Now, this guy comes from the Marlins, although he was there for 15 years. So we take it with a grain of salt. But it was interesting to hear from somebody who did do this job for 15 years, you know? Um, well, well, in those 15 years, though, I believe he won as many World Series as the Yankees did. That's true. That's exactly right. Yeah. So. Yep. He, he won the same amount of titles since 2002 as we have. Yep. Exactly. At the expense of the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, fucking the Cashman thing, just really, really disappointing. So you will no longer hear me saying trust in cash. Yeah. Not, af- not after this. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, yep. Anyways. Now, well, now like- have you guys heard the scuttlebutt while we're talking about cash from the Yankees, about the um, KBO outfielder that everyone seems to think is going to sign with the Yankees? Uh, Jung Hoo Lee, the, the Korean yeah. guy? Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't hear about this. I didn't hear that he the Yankees were targeting him even. Uh, I, I don't know if the Yankees are targeting him, but everyone who's got a YouTube channel thinks that the Yankees are going to sign him. Okay. 
because he's a left-handed contact bat who plays good defense in the outfield. Um, so left-hand, needed by the Yankees. Short porch, yeah. Good contact rate, though. Also Definitely need. Yankees and, and, and corner outfield potential. Um, I don't know. I'm, I don't know how I feel, right? Um, they're saying Hayson Kim is recruiting him pretty hard as well to join the Oh, Padres, for San Diego? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows what the Padre situation is going to be after the kind of tragic passing of their owner, which, uh, right. again, I didn't I didn't know much about the situation there, but um, definitely pretty sad, right? Especially since it was kind of an open secret that the reason he was spending all this money is he was trying to win a championship before he died. Yeah. Um, yeah. So disappointed to see that the Padres really, really fucking sucked this year. Yeah, Jesus but, Christ. Um, you know, you can usually find at least a group of people who are mad at the owners of their favorite team. But um, it sounds like no one was mad at this guy. Yeah, like, he has a shockingly was, good reputation. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's a lot of stuff from what I was watching this week that he did for Beyond Baseball that he did yeah. for the city of San Diego. Which yeah, Molly Knight wrote a nice column too. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's not only just paying the the medical bills of the you know the former player with mental health problems who you're trying to help, right? It's not just investing in the city and the team, and the stadium, and the area around, but also you know doing stuff for the city's homeless population and do like like baseball lost a good owner. Yep. Um, and that's even more pronounced and more apparent when you look at the fiasco going on with the Oakland A's right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where you've got a, you know, two days ago we lost an excellent, outstanding owner in San Diego, and then today we're getting news of the vote to move Oakland from the athletics from Oakland to Las Vegas, which became official and unanimous, which is, again, a shame to the fa- the, the, the baseball fans in Oakland. And I know. It's all about money and all about market and disappointing. But are they so, even going to do better in Las Vegas, right? Like, it'll be interesting so. to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. No, I don't think um, they're not, they're not going to invest. I don't think they're going to invest any more in the team. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? If John Fisher still chooses to not spend any money, like, they're still going to fucking suck. And nobody's going to go. I think so. you see Fisher build the stadium, you know, try and make a couple splashes of, of insignificant value. And sell the team three to four years after the stadium is built when he can maximize the value of the franchise. Mm, pull a Jeffrey Loria kind of. Exactly. Yeah. I think that, I think that's exactly what's happening. Jeffrey yeah. Loria, who was such a bad owner that he was removed from the Red Sox, right? Like, like uh Yeah. So, so yeah. Which again, the, the losers are the the core baseball fans in Oakland, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, who who did a number of valiant efforts to try and preserve the team there, but sorry guys. Yeah, it's really sad. Speaking of Vegas, by the way, um, here's your your non baseball plug for this uh, this episode. Um, if you guys are interested, which it's going to be a disaster, um, tune into the F one race that's going to be in in Vegas this weekend because it's just going to be a carnival of follies. Um, who you know F one. F- apparently forgot to consider that in November at 10 o'clock at night, Vegas is pretty cold. Um, and <laughs> oh, yeah. so there's, you know, they're already talking about plummeting ticking prices. There was way overestimated demand, right? A weekend pass when this, when the, when the race first went on sale was, was selling for like one to $2,000 and it's just plummeting now. Like it's like hotels are seeing demand drop. The race is seeing demand drop. Um, ticket sa- ticket sales and prices are plunging. The city of the residents of the city of Las Vegas are pissed off. And oh, by the way, the race is probably going to be terrible because they're running it at 10 o'clock or midnight, like really, really late on Saturday night, Sunday morning. I think it's actually like 10 o'clock because they want it to be broadcast in primetime in Europe where F1's big and they want all the glitz of the Las Vegas strip lights to be out there. But no one in the U.S. is going to care about it. The track is going to be cold. Like that, it's going to be the coldest track temperature race ever in F one history. Wow! And if you don't know that about like about F one, like they need hot asphalt for the tires to work. Um, oh, like it's gonna be bad. Oh, um, Pirelli is already kind of scrambling to do whatever they can to preserve the tires because without the heat in the tires, there's gonna be no grip. 
it, it, it's going to be like scary. Should, There's like dangerous. Uh, yes. Possibilities. It's going to be bad. Um, like, so tonight is when the first round of qualifying or not qualifying, excuse me, free practice. So for, I'm assuming you and you and Colin don't know much about the F1 process, but in a normal race weekend, you get three sessions of practice where basically teams can go out there and experiment and gather data. Then they have a qualifying session. There's three sessions of qualifying. Um, there's 20 drivers. So after the first session, the slowest five are eliminated. After the second session, the slowest five are eliminated. And then the last session is where you kind of set the, the pecking order. And then Sunday is when the race occurs. So you, you've got this kind of this this segmented weekend where you can gather data and adjust the car and try and optimize it so that it's best for the track. And it's going to be, even with all that optimization, it's going to be a disaster because the way the circuit is set up, they wanted long straights so the cars could go zoom, 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 super fast down the strip. Um, that's a ultra high downforce setup, meaning that you want to set up the car so that's set up the car so it's smooshing it into the road as much as possible. Excuse me, no, the opposite. You don't want downforce uh, on the setup. Yeah, I'm 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 backwards. You don't want downforce on the setup because you want it to go faster in the straights. But that makes cornering even more difficult. And when you're cornering with cold tires, you have no grip. It's going to be like driving on ice. It's going to be really odd to see these guys drive. Because there are no treads on these tires. They are slicks. They they get grip by having heat in the tires and abrasiveness in the asphalt. It's it's just gonna be it's gonna be wild to watch. Wow. And if it wasn't at ten o'clock at night on sun Saturday night, Sunday morning, I'd watch it and be in bed. Yeah. <laughs> um But it's a shame because um it's supposed to be this big marquee event, right? It's the first time they're having it in Las Vegas. Liberty Media, the 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 new U.S.-based owners of Formula One are trying to make it a marquee event, and it's going to be bad racing. And you've got the most prominent driver in the sport, kind of the Shohei Otani, Mike Trout of the sport, saying he doesn't care for it. He thinks it's all for show. It's not going to be good racing. They're there just to try and build the sport, not to actually have good racing. So uh -huh. um, the guy, yeah. his name's Max Verstappen. He's a Dutch guy who he shuns the spotlight already. But he's already coming out and bashing it. Like, yeah, I see why we're doing it, but it's dumb. So um, he's already also saying that because he's already won the championship for the year. But yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's my Las Vegas plug. We can go back to our that's normal nuts. scheduled podcast right now. That's crazy. Well, should we uh, wrap it up? I want to. I want to say my piece on uh, on cash. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, sweet. Sorry, sorry. So for then all our listeners, sorry for the whiplash. <laughs> that you're experiencing kind of like the whiplash that the drivers will experience in the Las Vegas trip. <laughs> there you but, go. Yeah, that's anyway, good. Um, okay, let's go back to Colin for Kevin. Perfect. <laughs> that was good. Uh, yeah, no, this this will be quick. Uh, I wanted to point out two things, and then I have a Cashman comment that I want to hear your guys' thought thoughts about. Uh, two points each of you made individually. I actually wrote about in my book. Uh, the first, Ethan, was... Uh, you know, there, there was a time pre, you know, pre 93 when, when this whole, uh, staying above 500 winning streak, you know, started that free agents did shun the Yankees and Greg Maddox is probably the right. most infamous one uh, of them all. But there were a number of people who had their doubts about coming to New York and being able to succeed in that environment because, they were the toxicity of baseball in the eighties. And so it was, it was bad. I'm not saying that's what it is right now. I'm just pointing out that it can get like that again. Like yeah. it, it can happen. I, I totally agree with that. And then Matt, to your point, you talked about that 2019 team. I wrote, I'd have to go back to get the exact language, but it was a combination of like Talkman, Gardner and Maven, maybe who had a higher either B war or F four. I'm not sure which one it was than Bryce Harper, you know, combined. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's just one season and, and everything, but you know, that, that was a big deal that season because Harper was supposed to be a Yankee according to everybody, but Brian Cashman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, um, 
it was like, all right, well, that's a win for Cashman. He was able to to find more affordable, you know, flexibility there. Um, you know, cause, cause like it's though that's, I think Matt is, is a really good point when you talk about analytics, like that can help you when you run into a situation like where Harper did get injured, you know, last year, like Harper's situation on the Phillies is unique because they had an opening at first base, but the Yankees don't have that. And so like, you know, if Harper has the same situation happen to him, then the Yanks are just kind of, you know, SOL. Um, and a lot of organizations in baseball would be SOL and be like, well, I don't know what the fuck to do. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't get the analytics piece with Cashman in general, but I, I just thought that was interesting because I had written about both of those things in my book. The thing I wanted to say to you both about Cashman, though, and this might piss off some of the dick sucker George Steinbrenner Yankee fans out there. What Cashman said about G, what Cashman said about analytics, the way Cashman has been acting in general is like George Steinbrenner used to act. That's a great point. Yeah. And like, I'm like, that's very good. The the, the people, the people who think he was this genius. I'm like, no, this is what he did. This is what he did all the time. Every single day. In fact, he wanted to be in the media he wanted to stir it up. Like he thought that that made the organization better. And I'm not saying that like Cashman is purposely trying to do it, but maybe he's just, I don't know, by osmosis turned into, turned into a clone of George Steinbrenner, but it just made, I, I didn't even think about that until you guys started talking about it today. And I was like, I mean, this is literally what George would have done. Yeah. Like this is what George did. Not what, not what the 24-year-olds who never actually saw George Steinbrenner beat George Steinbrenner think George Steinbrenner did. This is George Steinbrenner, the way Brian Cashman is acting. I I just, that's what I think, at least. Yeah. That's a good point. And uh, sad. Just very sad. We don't need that shit. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, and it makes you wonder, you know, like Matt was saying... Or, or Ethan, you you were saying that the Levitard show, like how long does it go on? He, he's obviously not the owner of the Yankees. It's a different situation, but not good nonetheless. No, I'm wondering, like, maybe it is, you know, I was starting to think maybe it is time. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe we hire Kim Ang and maybe Cashman goes and retires to Belize or something. You know, he, he earned it. Well, and uh, Gene Gene Afterman is, is still on staff too. Oh, that's um, right. She's been she's been Cashman's right hand hand woman for I forgot about probably that. since Kim left. Yeah, I I, I think so. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if they would. <laughs> you know, like we were talking about last time. I mean, you would think that Brian Cash. You know, what's what's his face? Uh, the the guy who just quit the Mets. Um, he's gotten like three opportunities. He's terrible. Uh, what, what's um, his name? He he was who, he built he built the worst team money could buy this year. Billy Billy Epler. Oh, yeah. Billy Epler. That's right. Yeah, he was terrible in in uh was he with Anaheim, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Terrible with the Mets. Like, and he was Cashman's yeah right hand right. guy for for a long time. I'm like it. It is so blatant. I know we talked about this last time, but it's just so blatant the sexism. Yeah, in all sports, but yeah, holy particularly shit. in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Vey. Well, I want to talk Craig Council next time. But that sounds good. No, but it's a little. But it's a little. It's, I know it's a little late for you guys now, so I, I don't know that we should uh, get into that. I'm a I'm a Pat Murphy guy myself. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, my battery's almost dead, so... Okay. Twenty-two <laughs> uh, right, boys. What? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, I appreciate... I appreciate... I want to say I appreciate you carrying the show, and hopefully my voice wasn't too annoying for uh, the people who decided to listen to it. It's about damn time we did our part. Yeah, and it sounded it sounded <laughs> fine on, on over here, so I, I think it'll be fine. So... Yeah. Maybe one of these days you guys will, will, will catch a rant on the recorded part of this show for me you know, right, right uh-huh. you guys you listeners missed out on a good one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i used to i used to just hit like record 
whenever, but now now I usually like at least the ask damn, you guys. The damn so ready to go. Yeah. yeah, so we would know. Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Hi right, boys, any other shout outs? Um just happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Oh shoot. I gotta think of a shout out. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, why why Matt's thinking so we won't be back next week. Uh maybe the week after. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out, but mm-hmm. two, two or three weeks from now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to, um, I don't know. Fuck shit. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm just going to leave blank. Shout out to blank. Just fill, say it, Matt. Fill in the blank, everyone. Say it. Say it. It's a real, fl- we are, real flaccid we are ending lame. there. We are lame. <laughs> <laughs> we are unable to beat Ohio State and Michigan. <laughs> whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.